Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our year-long journey reading the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with diary entry number 537. Each sister will have a separate cell, but life will be communal as regards prayer, meals, and recreation. Each nun, after her profession, will no longer see the world, even through a grill, as this will be covered with a dark cloth, and even the conversations will be strictly limited. She will be as if dead, not understood by the world and not understanding the world. She is to stand between heaven and earth, begging God constantly for mercy on the world, and that priests be empowered so that their words be not empty and that they, in their extraordinary dignity and so exposed to risks, might keep themselves completely stainless. Though these souls will not be numerous, they will be heroic souls. There will be no room for cowardly or effeminate souls. There will be no distinction between the sisters, no mothers, no reverends, no venerables, but all will be equal even though there might be great differences in their parentage. We know who Jesus was, and yet how he humbled himself, and with whom he associated. Their habit will be like that worn by Jesus during his passion, and they will not simply wear the robe he wore, they must also seal themselves with the marks he bore, suffering and scorn. Each one will strive for the greatest self-denial, and have a love of humility. And she who will distinguish herself most in this latter virtue will be the one who is capable of leading the others. As God has made us sharers in his mercy, and even more than that, dispensers of that mercy, we should therefore have great love for each soul, beginning with the elect and ending with the soul that does not yet know God. By prayer and mortification, we will make our way to the most uncivilized countries, paving the way for the missionaries. We will bear in mind that a soldier on the front line cannot hold out long without support from the rear forces that do not actually take part in the fighting, but provide for all his needs, and that such is the role of prayer, and that therefore each one of us is to be distinguished by an apostolic spirit. In the evening, when I was writing, I heard a voice in my cell which said, Do not leave this congregation. Have mercy upon yourself. Such great sufferings are in store for you. When I looked in the direction of the voice, I saw nothing, and I continued to write. Suddenly, I heard a noise, and the words, When you leave, we will destroy you. Do not torture us. I glanced around and saw many ugly monsters. So I mentally made the sign of the cross, and they disappeared immediately. How terribly ugly Satan is! The poor, damned souls that have to keep him company. Just the sight of him is more disgusting than all the torments of hell. A short time later, I heard this voice in my soul. Do not fear anything. Nothing will happen to you against my will. After these words of the Lord, 
a strange power entered my soul. I rejoiced greatly that God is so good. Postulancy. Age of admission. Any person between the ages of 15 and 30. First, the spirit with which the candidate is imbued and her character are to be taken into consideration, whether she has a strong will and the courage to follow in Jesus' footsteps with joy and gladness, as God loves a cheerful giver. She must despise the world and herself. The lack of a dowry will never be an obstacle to admission. All formalities concerning the candidate must be clear. No complicated cases should be admitted. Melancholy persons, those disposed to sadness, those suffering from contagious diseases, those of an unstable character, and those who are inclined to be suspicious of others are not adaptable to the religious life and must not be admitted. Members should be selected with greatest care, as one ill-fitting member is enough to throw the whole convent into confusion. Here, St. Faustina continues with her general summary of her thoughts for the new congregation. She envisions a cloistered congregation like the poor Clares or the Carmelites, living a life of sacrifice and intercession, a hidden life. However, the new congregation as it exists today is an apostolic congregation which engages in parish ministry, youth ministry, adult formation, retreats, visiting the sick and elderly, and prison ministry, among other apostolates. In this writing here, St. Faustina said that they should have an apostolic spirit, but she is envisioning them supporting the apostolic uh, communities and, and the priests on the front lines and the missionaries. Um, how it went from being uh, conceived as a cloistered community to being an apostolic community, I'm not sure of the history. Faustina is again tempted to ignore God's will here. The evil one and the, uh, the demons uh, try to uh, get her off course, but they flee when she blesses herself. It was obviously God's will that this new congregation would eventually come into being, and the evil one wanted to prevent that, knowing what good could come from it. Jesus tells Faustina not to be afraid, and he promises his protection. Faustina's thoughts on the type of candidates the new congregation should accept are very wise and prudent. Her experience in religious life and her holiness make her a good judge of character. She says that candidates for the community can be between 15 and 30 years of age. I would think that many congregations at that time would probably have limited the upper limit of the age uh, to much less than 30, but uh, she sets it at 30. Um, also, it's interesting that uh, she says that a lack of dowry will never be an obstacle to admission. She herself had to work for a year in the world to um, raise her dowry before she was able to enter her congregation. The dowry uh, would be something that the sisters would use to help pay for the habit and other expenses of the new sister. St. Faustina is quite correct that uh, people who don't belong in the religious life can wreak havoc in a religious house. So we must pray that God makes the selections of the sisters who uh, end up in the community.
Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help other people throughout the world find St. Faustina's Diary in a Year. Remember, Jesus promised St. Faustina in Diary number 1075, Souls who spread the honor of divine mercy are protected by God like an infant by a gentle mother. Please help us spread the message of divine mercy. Thank you, and God bless you. Visit shopmercy.org to order your copy of Divine Mercy in My Soul, the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. It's available in print in English, Spanish, and Polish, and in English as an e-book, available now on shopmercy.org. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org.